Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything, number 258. I think it's 58. It might be 57. I'm not sure. Either way, it is the Bowl Previews Podcast. Uh, I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. On today's show, we are going to discuss the Wednesday, December 26th Bowls all the way through the December 29th. That's Saturday. Uh, the last game that we will talk about is the Alabama-Oklahoma game. We're going to talk about Clemson-Notre Dame, uh, Florida, Michigan, Washington State, Iowa State, etc. So a whole bunch of fun games. We're going to get into all of them. As always, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. they got six incredible sports books over at tunicatravel.com is where you can get all the information on it. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. You can find out everything about us, our previews, picks, etc. Let's, uh, let's quit wasting your time. Let's jump into this thing. The First Responder Bowl, Wednesday, December 26th. It is 12.30 p.m. on ESPN. It's in Dallas, Texas. Boston College and Boise State. Boston College comes in with a 7-5 record. They are also 7-5 against the spread. Boise 10-3. They are 7-5-1 against the spread. Uh, Boston College 1-3 against the spread their last four. Boise 3-1. A major quarterback situation. Boston College calls that yeah. trend. You uh, you are correct. So they uh, Boise is a three point favorite. They opened as a three and a half point favorite. The line or the total jumped from fifty five to fifty five and a half. Um, Boise, I think it's actually Boise two and a half. Two and a half. It's yeah, it's down to two and a half. So people loving uh, Boston College right now. Uh, there's a lot that's very similar about these two teams. Like Boise statistically is a little bit better in just about everything. But, but they're not significantly better. Yeah, and the caliber of play they had wasn't nearly as yeah. close as as what Boston College had. I mean, Boston College played Purdue, Clemson, NC State, which we don't think highly of NC State. No, but they played Syracuse. They, yeah. you know, they they played they some, played good some teams. decent teams. Yeah. Um, what do you the the metrics have Boise minus six point nine nine, so yeah. seven points. Seven. And in a total of fifty four, so it's right on that that total. Uh, what are your thoughts here? What I mean, I I'm a, I, I like this BC team. Um, I mean, they're really hard to to play with the with the quarterback situation, but at the same time, you know, I like the coaching staff. I've, I've kind of rooted for those guys all year. I'm going to be taking them. Um, I think the metrics are skewed based off of the caliber of play. I I can They're, if they played different opponents if they flopped schedules I think we'd be seeing Boston College's numbers substantially better and uh, Boise's numbers substantially lower. I I'm gonna go the opposite direction of you on this. Um, just because like I'm getting less than a field goal and metrics have it like a touchdown. Yep. And while metrics aren't always the exact same uh i do like this boise state team i think uh i think brett rippon uh it's he's a senior like i think he's gonna go out he's gonna want to show out boise always seems to come out big in bowl games uh you remember against oregon last year yeah but that's when they play big monster teams i I don't know that boston college is that and this is in dallas they're they're a power five team but they're not a they're not they're, a power. They're not a national team. Yeah, they're they're not a big brand to the imagination. No, so there's no reason. I mean, Boise probably has a bigger brand than Boston College. Um, yeah, you're probably right about that. So, I mean, that you know, I don't I don't know that you you can get any chip on your shoulder or anything like that for that game. You you might be right. You might be right. Um, well, especially and they're the favorite, right? Like, yeah. so what do you what do you think about the total? It's fifty five and a half right now. I'd I'm, open I'm, to 55. I'm going to go over. Boston College's defense hasn't been great. Uh, they played one great game of defense against Clemson <laughs> uh, where their quarterback got hurt. That's, that's when everything went downhill offensively for them. Um, and they held Clemson to like 30-something points, which is pretty amazing considering that yeah. their offense only had, you know, like 20 possessions the whole game. Yeah, they, you can um, see this bit. Like 31. 20, 20 snap, like it was pretty bad. 31 27 or something along those lines gets you an over. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I'm going to go over the 55 and a half, uh, even though the metrics have it the other way around. Uh, so, let's see. I've got Boise uh, minus two and a half. You got BC plus two and a half. And we're both going over. I like that one. Uh, let's Let's move on from there. 
So let's jump into the Quick Lane Bowl. Wednesday, December 26th, it is 4.15 p.m. ESPN in Detroit, Michigan, Minnesota, and Georgia Tech. Minnesota 6-6 six and six on the year, but 7-5 against the spread. 2-2 two and two against the spread their last four. Georgia Tech, they are a uh, six-point favorite currently. They opened at four and a half. Uh, seven and five record, five and seven against the spread, two and two against the spread last four. Last game for Paul Johnson. And Minnesota has suspended six players for the bowl for a violation of team rules, and I haven't even seen which six. Yeah, I don't think there are any stars because they haven't talked about the players suspended very much at Is all. Is anybody on Minnesota a star? I, mean, I don't know that they're starters. How about that? I, okay, you might be right about that. Phrase. You might be right about that. Um, because because nobody has talked about the suspended players. Yeah, uh, Minnesota's defense, not uh, not great. No. Not great. Um, I mean, they, they so they're 118 in the country against the run, at least in, in rushing yards per attempt. They give up 5.22 rushing yards per attempt. Um, and they, they can't really run the ball, 4.08. They are an opportunistic team, but even then – Everything tends to skew the other direction because Georgia Tech is plus eight in turnover margin. Minnesota is minus five. Now, Minnesota whipped Wisconsin because Wisconsin couldn't hold on to the football. Minnesota finished the season strong. They certainly did. Their, their last their last three games, they played really well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they were still two and two against the spread in those, but they, they got to a bowl game because of that. Yeah. Uh, P.J. Flex got the team playing well. They uh, they don't score much. Georgia Tech, you know, they are 22nd in the country at 35.6 points a game. Uh, they give up 28.9. That's good for 79th. The Minnesota, they are 75th in the country at 27.9 in defensive points per game, but they only score 28.5. So that's 69th in the country. There's it, there's not a lot numbers-wise to look at with Minnesota and think that they're going to be able to win this game, especially if the players are, are playing for Paul Johnson for his last game out. Um, Minnesota should have more fans there in Michigan, yeah, I would think. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't know how many people are actually going to care because it's the quick – didn't this used to be the uh, the Little Caesars Bowl? I, I don't know. I think it used to be the Little Caesars Bowl. I paid no attention to any sponsorship of any bowls. <laughs> the metrics have Georgia Tech minus three. So that that is the number that you would look at if you were wanting to go that Minnesota. Would, that would sound about right. I'm going to go Minnesota. I usually, like I said earlier, I'm going to lean towards the coaches that I like and believe in. P.J. Fleck is, I think, a far superior coach with two and a half weeks to prepare for his his team for, for, for this game. The triple option's tough, but when you have opportune time to uh, to get ready for it, teams tend to be able to shut it down. Um, and uh, – while I think the players are going to play hard for Paul Johnson, they better because the new coach coming in, if these guys were brought in to run the triple option, none of them are going to be playing football again. Yeah. Not at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're probably and, right. And, and so, you know, there there could be some anxiety there of, is this my last game with this school? Will I be able to stay on with the new coach? Um, I, I think some of those feelings are going to get involved in it. I'm going to be going Minnesota. And I'll take whatever point. I hope it keeps getting bigger. Um, and then I'm also going to go under the 60. I under think the, the triple option takes a lot of time. I don't think it's a fast-scoring offense. So even when Georgia Tech scores, they're going to score because Minnesota's defense isn't great. But they're one of those teams that can have a nine-minute drive yeah, and then score. And that's fine. That that I think I feel better about the under than I do Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm rolling Georgia Tech minus the six. Uh, I'm getting less than a touchdown here. I know the metrics say it should be three. I, I still think Georgia Tech, with their ability to create turnovers, Minnesota known for turning the football over a little bit, um, I think Georgia Tech will be able to uh, capitalize on a few opportunities there. The The metrics say that the total should be 63, so that goes over the 60. This line has come down from 61.5 to 60. Um yeah, I mean, I, I'm still going to go under the 60, like you. Uh, I could see this being like 31 to 20, you know, something like that, and that keeps you way under. So uh, so I'm going to roll Georgia Tech minus 6, and uh, under 60, you're rolling Minnesota plus 6 and under 60. Now let's do the Cheez-It Bowl, Wednesday, December 26th, 8 p.m. ESPN. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. 
it's two guys you really like. Cal and TCU, Gary Patterson. Neither one of them had a good year. And Justin Wilcox. But, but I'm a fan of both these coaches. Well, I, I will say this. California improved from 5-7 and seven okay, to 7-5. Okay, California five. improved. Their expectations, yeah. they did better, I think, than, than most national expectations. Yes, absolutely. TCU, way disappointing. Yes, very, very much so. Sean Robinson uh, transferred out of there. So he will uh, he will obviously not be playing in this game. I think he's he's hurt anyway, so he wasn't going to play anyway. Yeah, I about to say I don't think he played a lot anyway. Cal was six five and one against the spread. TCU three eight and one. Cal was three and one against the spread in their last four. Uh, the only loss there was uh, to Stanford in uh, the big game. Uh, TCU two and two in their last four, and they had to win their last two just to get to a bowl game. Just to get bowl eligible and, and impressive. Like they they beat Baylor, they beat Oklahoma State. And that's two teams that you would not expect them to be able to beat. Uh, the line opened TCU minus two, and uh, and the total was forty and a half. It is now down to a pick'em, and the line is forty. I there's nothing. So both of these teams, top twenty-two in defensive yards per play. Uh, neither can score. Like one is number ninety-seven, and the other's one hundred nine in scoring. Um, well, TCU moves the football a lot, though. They just turn it over so, constantly. Well, TCU uh, is minus six. I would bet that they lead the, the, the Big 12 in turnovers. You're probably right. I bet, I bet they do. Their turnover margin is minus six. Cal is minus two. So both of these guys, uh, they, they don't do so hot on that. Uh, both of them can stop the run. Uh, neither of them can really run the ball they're both under 4.25 yards per attempt rushing uh neither of them can throw the ball uh tcu is number 92 in the country in yards per pass cal is number 124 and yet both of them are top 33 as far as defensive yards per pass so eh like there's i i I don't i'll tell you this metrics have tcu minus one and in a total of 33. So, I'll tell you this. I'm going under in this game. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm probably going to roll with TCU. Like, I, I, I think Gary Patterson, with time, is just better prepared than, than Justin Wilcox. I w- I would, I'm going to agree with that. Uh, TCU is my play here. It's, it's the play that I like. Um, just for, I don't know. I think if TCU can – can prepare. I think they can score twenty five or thirty. I'm going to go over. Uh, you going over the forty? I'm going over the forty just because that's that's just really damn small. I mean, it's it's that's low. Yeah, forty is. I mean, is if this was little. a seventeen thirteen game, it wouldn't surprise me. No, it but, wouldn't surprise but me. But for either. some reason, I think the the more time to prepare is going to help the offenses more than the defenses. Well, and I mean, so with point totals. Anything can change the game. Right? Well, that's it. Well, so, if like you got a, a pick six or a punt overtime, return, or I mean, yeah, you go into overtime and you get two or three extra possessions. I mean, if you end up fourteen to fourteen, yeah, and then go into overtime and yeah, then it turns can, into LSU Texas yeah, A&M, you can blow it. I mean, you can blow it quickly. Yeah, so. you you got that right, a hundred percent. All right, so we're both rolling TCU on the pick'em, and I'm doing under the forty. You're doing over the forty. Yeah. All right, I like it. I like it. Let's see. I'm gonna watch this game, and that's why I'm going over. Is I need it to be more entertaining. That would make sense. That would make sense. Let's uh, let's roll down to Shreveport, Louisiana. The Independence Bowl. You know, we used to call this the Weed Whacker Bowl. There's been a lot of great Independence Bowls, man. Maybe not. Okay, maybe not a lot. of. There was one great one there that was, was the Snowball. There was one great one. <laughs> Mississippi State A&M in like the 90s. I ever tell you I went down to Shreveport three different times? I've been down there three times. Well, I've been there once, but it was for work a long time. So ago. I went for Alabama, Colorado in Saban's first year. I went for Alabama, Oklahoma State in Joe Kynes's interim sad. thing, and then I went down for Dennis Franchoni's first bowl game in two thousand one against Iowa State. So, all three Bama wins. So it was I uh, no, no, no. That's Oklahoma I State was, was not. I was just there working. At Shreveport is uh, man, it's fun. I, I had a, I had a, I had a Shreveport's good a good time. Uh, so this game in in, in uh, Shreveport Independence Bowl, twelve thirty p.m. ESPN. It's Thursday, December twenty seventh. It's Duke and Temple. Duke seven and five, six and six against the spread. Temple eight and four, eight and four against the spread. Both of them are two and two against the spread in their last four. 
Uh, the opening line, Temple minus three, and the over-under was 56.5. That is down to 55, and Temple is now a four-and-a-half point favorite. Um, every number on here suggests that Temple is significantly better. But I will give you a stat. Okay. Okay. David Cutcliffe is eight and two against the spread in bowl games. Four and one at Duke as an underdog. Six and one against the spread with four outright wins. And then Temple coach Jeff Collins is the new coach at Georgia Tech. So this line keeps going up for Temple. But I'm going to tell you this. Even though Duke got absolutely housed by Wake Forest in their last game, which that, how do you lose that at home what, that's 59 That's what I can't get out of my head. I like this Duke team most of the year. I'm a big Cutcliffe guy. Like, I knew that stat. I, I'm going Duke plus four and a half. I, I can't go away from Temple just because I don't know what the hell's going on at Duke. How do they lose some of the games they've lost in just awful fashion? I wish that I knew. I have no idea. And that's my problem is I don't – part of me wonders, Cutcliffe's been doing this for a long time. Is there some light at the end of the tunnel that he's just like kind of moonwalking through the motions? Because how do you get beat the way he got – how do you end the season the way he ended the season without some type of explanation? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Duke is minus six in turnover margin and Temple is plus five. So that doesn't help anything. Um, no. So, you know, I mean, it, it, look, defensive rushing yards per attempt, Duke is number 116 in the country. They give up 5.16 yards per attempt. Uh, passing yards per attempt, they're number 110. Um, I don't know, man. Look, like, they they Temple, can't throw the look, ball. They, you know. I am going to go over the 55 because I the last couple of games I've watched Temple play, in most of the season, by the way, this isn't just like recency bias. This team could score. Yeah, I mean, that's, they're, they're I've got the up, over. Yeah, they're putting up 35, 40 points every week. So you're you're going over 55, and I you like got Temple the, minus I like the half. over. I'm going to bet Temple. Do so you like, okay, Temple minus 4.5 and, and the over. I've got Duke plus 4.5 and, and the over. I'm not a fan of going with the crowd with Temple moving the line 1.5 points already. But that sometimes, sometimes the public's right. Yeah. I mean, you, you're not going to be able to bet against them every time. Otherwise, nobody would bet. Right, so eh, yeah, I I think uh, yeah, this is you know if nothing else, this is going to be a lot of fun to uh, to get to watch on on a Thursday, like right after Christmas, twelve thirty. Just turn the TV on, ought to be a lot of fun. Let's uh let's move on over to oh, we're gonna go to New York. Let's talk about the Pinstripe Bowl, Miami, Wisconsin, two seven and five teams. Both were not good against the spread. Uh, Miami five and seven against the spread. Wisconsin three and nine. Uh, this is four fifteen p.m. ESPN in fabulous New York City, New York. It's at Yankee Stadium. The opening line was Miami minus three, and forty six and a half was your over under. That has gone to Miami minus three and a half, and the over under is now forty eight. So people seem to think that uh, these teams are going to score on each other. And they might be right. Manny Diaz, the Miami defensive coordinator, is now the head coach at Temple. Uh, so he will not be coaching in this game. Um, but that Miami defense is is legit. Like, they, they are 11th in the country in rushing yards per attempt. They only give up um, 3.27. And Wisconsin, like, this is an interesting matchup. Wisconsin, 6.28 rushing yards per attempt. That's good for fourth in the country. So, well, I mean, that's what they do. That's what they've done yeah, forever. They run the football, and Miami's bread and butter is stopping the run. run. So, I'm I'm not sure. Like, neither of these teams scores a lot. Like, they're both in the 50s as far as points per game. But defensive points per game, like, Miami only gives up 18, and that's good for 14th in the country. Wisconsin gives up 24.3. That's good for 43rd in the country. Um. I don't know why people would think Miami going to New York in December, like why they would be favored. 80% of Miami fans are New Yorkers. I mean, who do you think lives in Miami? I'm talking about players, though. Uh, no, okay, you, I see what you're – okay, I see where you're coming from. Where, where do you think all the money's going? 
It's all yeah, coming right. from New York. I um, I don't think that Miami is going to be able to slow down Wisconsin as easily as they either. have some of these others. Yeah, this Miami team has never – they haven't played all year in a, in a weather situation like New York in December. Uh, the metrics have Miami minus 3.42 and the total at 48, which is exactly what the number is. Yeah, but is. the metrics don't know the weather. No. And, and, and neither do we take, at this point. They don't, yeah, but I, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're we smart know, enough to yeah. know that in December, mid-December in New York, it's going to be either rainy, snow. It's going to be wet somehow, some way, and really cold. And really, really, really cold. And so. probably crazy wind. Yeah. I mean, this is just what happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's a sunny day in, you know, 38 to 40s, that'll be surprising. If if Miami – so I'm going to go Wisconsin here. Yeah. Plus three and a half. Uh, you doing the same thing? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I love this Wisconsin team. I know they're terrible. I know they've played really bad. They turn the football over more than everybody in the world. It drives me insane. But I'm not going against my guy. I, I mean, I, I like Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. I'm going to keep riding with them. How do you feel about this over-under? Because I, I have no feel on I'm this. I'm going under. You going under? I'm going under. I think Wisconsin's going to hold the football a lot. I think, and I don't think Miami's going to score either. I mean, where's Miami's offense been all year? Well, they've been nowhere. So, That's the thing. Yeah, like, I think I think I'll go under no, as well. Nothing impresses me about Miami's offense. Cold weather, like I don't think either team's going to be able to throw the football. No, um, Wisconsin's going to throw it. They're going to turn it over. It's it's going to be punt, 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 run the ball, fumble, punt. Interception, seven punt. minute, seven minute offenses, and you might fig, fig, you know get a field goal. I, I don't know. So. I mean, a, a twenty thirteen game here, I could, I could totally see. I, I like, I like the under a lot. So, it, do you think? And I'm I mean, betting Wisconsin. Just that's my guys. Yeah, I can. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> a logic there. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Still on Thursday, December twenty seventh. Thursday, December 27th at the Texas Bowl, 8 p.m. ESPN, primetime in Houston, Texas. We got a barn burner here, buddy. The Vanderbilt Commodores coming in at 6-6, six and six, but 8-4 and four against the spread and 4-0 no against the spread in the last four against Baylor, 6-6. Six and six. They are also at 6-6 six and six against the spread and 3-1 and one against the spread in their last four. Opening line was Vandy minus 6.5, over-under was 55 uh, the number now is Vandy minus four and a half, and over under uh, fifty five and a half. If you look at the, so metrics have Vandy minus six and a total of fifty eight. So I do like the over here. I think that this could end up being a shootout. I don't think like neither defense is very good. Yeah, right. Sure. They're just just not good at all. Uh, defensive yards per play, Vandy is eighty fourth at five point eight nine. Baylor is 113th at 6.37. So, like, neither of them has fantastic offenses as far as the numbers go, but their defenses can be abysmal at times. I think that Vandy's defense is a little bit better. Um, I think Baylor will use – I mean, obviously Baylor's closer to Houston, uh, but it's still, you know, pretty pretty ways off. So, Jalen Hurd for Baylor, wide receiver, he is not playing in this game. That's probably not going to help them. Uh, he's like he's highly rated. He's probably going to get drafted. Yeah, that's I why mean, he's that's, not playing. Yeah, it's well. I think he's I think he's injured. Is it? Yeah, I think he's injured. I thought he was sitting out. He might uh, he might be. I, what I saw was that he he was dealing with a little something. So it might be a combination. Oh, I was about to say like I, he probably could I think play he's through. Capable it. of playing. I don't yeah. think he's like out because of injury. All right. So um, I'm going to roll Vanderbilt here. Vandy minus the four and a half. Uh, I I like this Vandy team. They have showed some some grit here lately. Uh, and I'm going to go over that 55.5. Definitely like the over. I think both these teams are going to score. I do think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to ride with Matt Rule. You give him enough time to to, to figure this thing out, and, and I think he's going to put a good game plan together, maybe slow Vanderbilt down, maybe make him punt a couple times. But uh, how about Derek Mason? Two bowl games in three years. I kind of didn't think Garrett Mason was going to be the coach for this team. I early on it looked like that. I right? thought he was going to get the Colorado job, maybe another. I mean, I thought he was going to get another job. Oh, you thought? Oh, okay. You thought he was actually going to leave for that? Like not early in the year? I thought he. Oh, might I'm not get talking fired. about early in the season. I'm talking about like the last after the regular season's over with. 
It's early, early I mean, in his, the season. His name got thrown out there for a couple of jobs. I'm, I was kind of surprised that he didn't get the Colorado job because he's got Pac-12 experience. Like, he – I mean, he came from Stanford, you know. So, I, I thought he might have – Is Colorado a better job than Vanderbilt? Oh, wow. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I, I like being at a private school. Nobody knows your money. I mean, that's – okay, so if you're looking at it Na- from that perspective. And then Nashville, Nashville's – there, there aren't many cities in the country better than Nashville. Well, the, there's not a whole lot that's better than like the Boulder and, and Denver area and all that. So I'll that's take, a that's I'll a take, pretty place. I'll take Nashville over that all day long. I think it's easier to win at Colorado, right now. Well, yeah, but not anyway. I mean, if you if you're just guaranteed, all you have to do is make a bowl game. Yeah, and like and they six. love you. That's what, but that's what he's doing at Vanderbilt. Yeah, what do you but mean it will build point, a statue I, to him. Yeah, you're probably right. Like. <laughs> The most bowl games ever with going six and six every year. Hey, you keep beating Tennessee? Uh, yeah. You beating you, Ole Miss? You're going to be around there for a long time. You keep beating Tennessee and Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, that's that's your two rivals. That's it. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right, let's jump off. Uh, let's do – oh, we're moving to Friday now. Friday, December 28th, the Music City Bowl. We're moving to Nashville, man. I, I love this game. I wish I could go. Uh, it is at 12.30 p.m. on Friday, December 28th. My uh, my daughter will be in palm practice at that point, so I will be watching on an iPad. Um, ESPN, it's in Nashville. Purdue, Auburn. Purdue is 6-6 six and six on the year. They had to win their last game against Indiana just to get in here. Uh, they 6-5-1 and one against the spread. Auburn 7-5 this year, 5-7 and seven against the spread. Both teams 2-2 two and two in their last four against the spread. Opening line was Auburn minus 4.5. And a total of fifty-four and a half. The current line is Auburn minus three and a half, and it stayed at fifty-four and a half. I, offensive yards per play, it is not even close. This is all Purdue, but then on defense, this is all Auburn. That's right. They're two completely so, different teams. Yeah, it Auburn cannot run the football. It, it just to save their lives against um, SEC teams. Yeah, but it does make you wonder, like, will they be able to do this against Purdue, That's, who is not that look, strong we're, in the church? We're having two different conversations. This is why you can't just live off metrics alone. Yeah. It's because Auburn couldn't run the football against Alabama or Georgia or LSU or Mississippi State. Hmm. Four of the top – Or Texas A&M. Twelve A&M. But those four schools are probably the top 12 run defenses yeah, all, all in the all country. Of are, all of them are top 15. You know? I mean, that's that's incredible – and and so yeah, of course you can't run the football against them. Purdue's not going to be close to that. Now Purdue against Auburn, the Auburn run could own the run. Purdue is number seventy four in the country against the run. They give up four point four two yards per attempt. Uh, the metrics favor Auburn by five and a half, and the point total it says is fifty five, which is almost right on that right fifty four and a half. Um, interesting stat: Jeff Brom three and zero straight up in bowl games, two and one against the spread. Um, at Purdue, he is eight and two against the spread with five straight up wins as an underdog. Yeah, I, this is the I, I want to go to this game. I want to watch it. It's probably one of my most excited games. About this is also the one game I have no feel for whatsoever. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> if if Purdue wins it outright and beats them handily, it would not shock me. If Auburn drums them, it wouldn't shock me. If this is a you know twenty four twenty four game going into overtime, it would not shock me. No, I'm with you. So I, I'm completely I, with you. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Just I, I'm taking Auburn. I'm taking the under. And in in our picks, I I will have probably no money on this game at all. I'm going to take Auburn as well. Uh, I'm going to go over though. I don't like betting against Jeff Brom. No, I mean, I and yet I just we're both doing it. Like we both we both just it. heard the stat, but but that's just because I I think a all trends end at some point in time. I never really fear trends because at some point in time they stop being trends and they go the other way. Yeah, but but also, Gus is coaching for his job in a bowl game, and I think he knows that. I think Braun, which is could, crazy, to Braun me. could get beat by forty, and you know, and they'd still worship. Him. No, yeah, he's 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 god there, so. Yeah, I mean, one man is desperate; the other man's not. No, you're you're right about that. Da, 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 let's do Orlando, Florida, Friday, December twenty eighth, the Camping World Bowl, Syracuse and West Virginia. It's four fifteen uh, four fifteen p.m. on ESPN. 
Syracuse nine and three. They are eight and four against the spread. West Virginia eight and three. They had the game that was canceled against NC State. Uh, six three and two against the spread. Syracuse three and one against the spread. Their last four. West Virginia one one and two. So right on the number a couple times. Uh, the line opened up at West Virginia minus seven with a total of seventy four. That has now dropped to one and a half for West Virginia and sixty seven. Uh, and all of that is because Will Greer has decided to sit out. You find that odd? What? That he's sitting out, but he's like he's projected as like a third rounder. No, he, no, no. I don't find it odd at all. Who cares? He's going to go to the NFL. Have you seen quarterback play this year in the NFL? No, you're right. It's really bad. Yeah, it is. He's going to get drafted. Does it matter if you're a third rounder or a first rounder? You're no, trying Ru- to Russell prepare, Wilson was a third rounder. You're trying to prepare for your your career. Derek Carr was a uh, second rounder. I mean, yeah, you're Dak was a third rounder. Dak was no, Dak was fifth, wasn't he? Well, fourth, fourth, or fifth, whatever. But like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're yeah, gonna get, he, he's gonna, gonna get, get a chance. You're gonna get drafted. Yeah, no, you're so right no, about that. So no, do your thing. I got no problem with that. But, so you know how I really liked the coaches in the TCU Cal game. Hey, you love these coaches. I too. love these guys, man. This is one of those matchups from like Dana Holgs and Dino Babers. If I didn't have to worry about football and an outcome. This is like those are two guys. This is just I'd, fun to watch. I'd hang out with. Uh, these are two teams that that live off turnovers. Yeah, uh, Syracuse plus fourteen on the year in turnover margin. That's incredible. Yeah, West Virginia plus six. So both pretty good uh, offensive points per game. Syracuse forty point eight. They're number twelve in the country. West Virginia forty two point three. They're number nine in the country. Um, defensive, however, Syracuse number seventy two at twenty seven point eight. West Virginia number sixty at twenty six point five. Uh, I mean, look, I'll give you a stat. Dana Holgerson teams, 1-5 and five against the spread in bowl games, 0-3 with two straight-up losses as a favorite. And they're still favored here, and it makes me wonder, like, okay, I know there's a lot of line movement on Syracuse, but I am iffy as crap on it because, like, why like why is Syracuse not the favorite now? I don't have an answer for that. I would have I would have bet I had and still still have it in action, Syracuse money line when it was minus seven. I like Dino Babers in this situation. I I think his team has played against some of the best competition in the country and they've stood up strong. They haven't won those games, but they've stood up strong with them. I don't think West Virginia is close to that. Without Real Greer, Will Greer, I don't think they're close at all to Clemson, who Syracuse took to the mat, and and Notre Dame, who they got the hell beat out of. But but they played with them. They yeah. played sixty minutes of football against two of the best teams in the country. Yeah, you know what? West Virginia hadn't. No, you're right. They played Oklahoma in a in a boat race in what we all thought was just the last team to get the ball is going to win. Yeah, I mean it's. Look, I'll tell you this. I'm going Syracuse plus the one and a half. Um, but I am scared of that one. And then the, the line I'm of 67, uh, I'm I'm going to go under the 67. I'm under as well. Are you? Yep. If Will Greer was playing, I would have gone over because I think it would have been last team with the ball. Well, I've, I've seen Holgerson teams just completely crap out in, in bowl season. Well, he runs an offense. It's pretty complicated. I mean, I don't know that you can just take a backup. I mean, obviously the kid's been practicing all all year, just like everybody else. But still, I mean, it's not the same as live as actually being like in this. it. I mean, this is different. And 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 Babers, he's gonna come with something. Yeah, Dino Babers is a lot. of I fun. I mean, he's a, he's a really good coach. Now he's not just a lot of fun. I mean, he's an exceptionally good coach. Yeah, I mean, look, he took Syracuse to a nine and three record. I think he's taken like just Syracuse to. To like, I mean, I, I think they could be one of the perennial powerhouses in the country if he continues to grow that program. He's definitely got the recruiting base for it. Yeah. So that's and you wouldn't think that up there, but yeah, I mean, Syracuse used to be a national power, man. It's it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So that was Donovan McNabb days. Ah, all right. Let's uh, let's move off that one. Let's jump into the and this is these are two you boys. The Alamo Bowl. One is my. But one is your real boy. My man, my man crush. It's Friday, December 28th. It's 8 p.m. It's ESPN primetime game, San Antonio, Texas. 
You got Mike Leach and the Washington State Cougars, ten and two. They were ten and two against the spread, two and two against the spread in their last four against Iowa State, who was eight and four, six and six against the spread, and zero oh and four against the spread in their last four. Opening line was Washington State minus six and a half. It is now minus three and a half. And then the over-under went from 54.5, opening to 55 currently. I am really, I don't know why the line moves so so quickly. Well, no, I'll tell you why the line moves so quickly. Like, Mike Leach is, like, his teams are 1-7 and seven against the spread in their last eight bowl games. That so That doesn't concern me. Like I said, I don't care about trends. But, uh, like, Iowa State... Really good defensive team. You just saw what a good defensive team does to Washington State. Uh, this is in San no, Antonio. You no, like, you didn't. You saw what happens when a blizzard hits. Yeah, but Washington, Washington does is, this to them every year. Washington's not a good It's because it always plays in a blizzard. <laughs> well, you're probably not going to get a blizzard in San Antonio. No, you're absolutely not. You're going to get perfect conditions. All right, so I'm guessing by the by the tone of your voice that Mike you are Lee's going to beat Mike the Lee. hell out of <laughs> Gonna beat the hell out of them. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go opposites on this one. Good. We, we've had too many where we have gone the same way. Uh, so you're Washington State minus three and a half. We had two in a row where we went the same way. That's just we can't have that. Yeah, we can't do that. So you're Washington State minus uh, minus two and a half or three and a half. Yeah, I'm not gonna give you that extra point. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need it. I take the seven. Then and I'm gonna take Iowa State here. <laughs> I I like Iowa State. I like their defense. I think that they can uh I think they can slow down Gardner Minshew and that bunch. Uh the metrics do go your favor. Washington State minus five point eight. Uh the total as far as metrics are concerned is fifty four. I got I'm going under. I think Washington State's defense good enough to hold Iowa State to very, very, very little. Yeah, we And Iowa State's defense is good. They're real. That's they're gonna, they're gonna we're slow both doing down that. too. Yeah, yeah, I think the under is is a good point. I I love this game. <laughs> you love Mike Leach. Betting betting wise, but even forget that. Like betting wise, like I, this is where I think the line is wrong on both numbers, the over under and and the spread. I think I think it's wrong. So the the over under should be lower. Yeah, I think the over under should be lower, and then I think the the spread should the be side, closer to what it was, yeah, which six, is like six seven, and a half. I think a touchdown is what it should have been. I mean, it dropped three points. Mike Leach lost two games, one to Pac-12 shenanigans and two in a blizzard. Yeah. I mean, this is an undefeated team. How if, motivated if, is this team, though? Oh, oh, I think Leach likes to piss people off and do crazy stuff. I, when he, he, I mean, he is taking them back to Texas, so, he, yeah. you know. The guy, I don't know. I think, I, I don't, he might want to show out when he I don't know there. that there's any, like, extra motivation, but I don't think there's any taking days off with this guy either. No, I, I think, mean, I think he goes to work. Yeah, you you might be right about that. Uh, so that is the final game on Friday, December twenty eighth. Let's uh, let's move into December 29th. Let's talk about the Peach Bowl, eleven a.m. ESPN, Atlanta, Georgia, Saturday, December 29th. Michigan ten and two on the year. Florida nine and three. Michigan six and six against the spread. Florida eight and four. Michigan was one and three against the spread in their last four. Florida two and two. We talk about the Peach Bowl. Let's talk about the Peach Bowl for a minute, okay? Let's talk about a bunch of cowards that give in to the big boys at Florida, and they give us a game we've seen four times in the last three years, and in all four times, it's been a garbage game. It's been boring as hell. I was as this soon game as I is, saw this one coming up. This game's gonna be <laughs> boring as hell. Yeah, you know why? Because Florida don't have no stones, and they don't want to play UCF. But instead, they want to play Michigan. Yeah, they'd rather play Michigan than Central Florida because they get to ass whooped by Michigan. Michigan's top four, top five team in the country. Get your ass whooped by Central Florida, you just got beat by a little guy. That's in your home state. That's out recruiting you right now. Right now. They're not They're not out recruiting Florida. They're going to out recruit Florida. <laughs> Michigan is minus – or sorry, they opened at minus six. They are currently minus seven and a half. Florida uh, – I mean, they got a lot. They, got, they they have been blown out by Michigan the last two times that they played them. Uh, the over under is fifty one in this game. That's what it opened up as. It, it remains there currently. Uh, I'll tell you this: in the last twenty SEC bowls with an SEC team as an underdog of six plus, 
The SEC is 16-4 and four against the spread. Well, yeah, they're going to cover. It's close games. I mean, I don't think they're going to cover. The SEC teams cover. I mean, when, when, when we get big numbers, we don't get blown out a lot. The metrics have Michigan minus 6.36 and uh, the total of 57. I was a little surprised by that total. 57 is, is over, and I thought two offenses that are just kind of, eh, okay, and two defenses that are, that are pretty, pretty damn good. Where, where, where do you roll on this? I'm betting Michigan out of spite and hatred and just I don't like people that are just sissies. <laughs> Run and hide, you bunch of scared cowards, and I'm going to go under because I don't think – I think the metrics That's, are wrong. These two teams are not scoring 20. I think you're probably right. I'm going to go Florida plus the 7.5 because well, I'm getting a touchdown and I think Dan Mullen is a better coach than – than Florida's had there the last go-round. Okay, all right. Um, I, I thought you were about to say something else. We're about to have a different argument. Go ahead. No, I wouldn't, no, I wasn't about to say better than Jim Harbaugh. Okay. I'm saying that he's better than Jim McElwain. I, you're right about that. I'm, okay. I, I thought this was going into a complete no. meltdown on on our show. So, And you are, you're taking the under 51. I'm going to go over the 51. Uh, I think some, some crazy stuff might happen here. Both teams uh, are plus in the uh, turnover margin. Michigan plus seven, Florida plus ten, and I could see some, you know, special teams chicanery, you know, something crazy happening in this game uh, that 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 might push it over that fifty-one. So, all right, uh, that was the first game from the 29th. Let's move into the second game. Same time, same day, December 29th, eleven a.m. This one's on ABC. In Charlotte, North Carolina, it it seems like it should be like a rivalry, kind of. Virginia and South Carolina. I mean, they're pretty close to each other. Like, you well, got one state in between them. That's but kind like, of a large state between them. So, what, was South Carolina in the ACC before they joined the SEC? I don't remember. You're asking, you're asking not, questions sorry. that I have no idea about. Both teams 7-5 and five this year. Virginia 8-4 and four against the spread. South Carolina went 7-5 and five against the spread as well as their overall record. Um, end of the season, South Carolina 3-1 and one against the spread in their last four. Virginia 1-3 and three against the spread in their last four. The opening line was South Carolina minus 6.5 and, and the over-under 54.5. The over-under has stayed the same. 54 and a half. South Carolina, however, it fell all the way down to four. Now it's back up to five and a half. So a lot of different movement. Yeah, a lot of movement on this one. A lot of lot of money coming in on Virginia, and then I think Sharps came in and, and bought it back up for South Carolina. Debo Samuel not playing in this game. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's uh, that's real tough. I don't know what to make of this team without him. Like they, I think I think he made. A, they played a lot of the season last year without him. Yeah, they and played, they, they, you know they've played a lot of games without him. While he is a monster, yeah, and I highly agree with him not playing in this game. Oh yeah, I mean it's this is not injury. This is no, NFL. No, yeah, that go get paid. Go go do, go get go your do money. what you went to college to go do. So it, it, trust me, if I had to play Virginia in the Boke Bowl, I would, I'd probably sit out that one as well. I'd sit out any of them. You remember how long ago was it when Arkansas played in the Boke Bowl and? You know, they've so one of their bowl gifts was like a four hundred and fifty dollar shopping spree to Belk in Charlotte, and there was an Arkansas player that had his four hundred fifty dollar shopping spree, but he like stole stuff and was like putting it in his pants. He got arrested and like had to sit out the game. Like he was stealing stuff from a store that's giving you four hundred fifty dollars in free stuff. Well, he wanted more than four fifty worth. That is insane to me. Like, get one of your boys to get you another T shirt. Like, hey. It, you don't have everything on your 450. Like, toss me this shirt. Toss me this thing. Because you can get all kind of stuff at Belk. You can get, like, CD players. and Anyway, Belk's cool. South like Carolina's going to still win this game. I I agree with you. Metrics have South Carolina minus 6.46. Uh, they've got the total at 55, so it's right on the number. I do like South Carolina here. Um, I, I don't think the ACC is very good. And Virginia looked like crap the last, like, three four games of the year. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of motivation for them. I do think Will Muschamp is going to be fired up. Now, is is there a more fun coaching matchup than Bronco Mendenhall against Will Muschamp? They're quite a bit different. They uh, very different and still the same. 
I don't know. They I, are both. Nobody's like, matched the intensity of Muschamp. No, but, but Bronco was close, man. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe he is. I don't know. You're, it's going to be fun. Muschamp is always fun to watch on sidelines in a bowl game. You know, he they they take this stuff seriously. Yeah, I know he like, does. They take it very seriously. That's why I like him to cover the game. That's it I, matters more to him. I agree with you. It's South Carolina minus five and a half. I'm going what, under. That's, I'm doing the same thing. I, I think both these teams – both these guys are kind of known for their defenses. Yeah. You got a couple extra weeks to prepare. You're going to be good at what you do. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Um, and it's two offenses and that, I, like, with, without Jake Bentley's not, best weapon. Not like, hard to scheme for. Like, if you're just putting a game plan together, neither one of these offenses are complex. They're not a lot of misdirection and, and things that normally take a lot of extra practice time to figure out. Yeah. They're not running a triple option. They're not running any gimmicks. They're kind of straight, standard pro-style offenses. No, you're right. Spread them out a little bit. but So, yeah. both going South Carolina, both going under 54.5. Yep. Let's see. Arizona Bowl. Now, why, I don't know why they would put this game on in this spot. Like, you got all these other games going but on. But it doesn't matter when you put this game on. Nobody's ever going to watch it. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, if you had it on – you know, earlier, like... When would somebody watch it earlier? Did you watch bowl games on December 15th? Well, yeah, we're recording this on the 16th. And, yeah. And yes, I did, but I didn't watch them all. So say it was one of these nights where there's like only one bowl game. I would like not, December 18th, I would not watch. I would not watch this game if it was the only game. I don't know why you would watch or why you wouldn't watch Arkansas State Nevada. This is... Look... I'm sure offensive. Look, they might be incredible. I've I've watched zero minutes of either of these teams play all year. Both of these teams are great offensively. That's they are a lot of fantastic. fun. Fantastic. Um, which will make for a fun bowl game, I think. So, Arkansas State is eight. It's it, sorry, it's twelve fifteen p.m. CBS Sports Network in Tucson, Arizona. It's the Arizona Bowl on December 29th. Arizona or sorry, Arkansas State is eight and four on the year, six and six against the spread. Nevada seven and five. And six and six against the spread. Arkansas State four and zero against the spread of the last four. Two and two for Nevada. Uh, Arkansas State, the opening line was minus two. That is now minus one and a half. Nevada, um, I like Nevada. Oh, the point total sixty and a half. Uh, and then it, or sorry, it was fifty eight and a half. It's up to uh, sixty. Good gracious, I am just blab like blabbering all kind of different crap right now. Um, so. Two offenses that are really good, both in the top 28 as far as yards per play. Nevada's defense is number 36 in defensive yards per play. Arkansas State, number 71. Um, Arkansas State, like the other side of this, is turnover margin. Plus five for Arkansas State. Nevada, minus seven. While some of these metrics favor Nevada, uh, the overall metrics have Arkansas State minus two and a half and a point total of 60, right on the number. So I'm going to go Arkansas State minus the one and a half because I can tell you you hadn't watched either one of these all year and you don't know anything about this game. Are you making a pick? Arkansas State because I know people that go Jonesboro. <laughs> and I'm going to take the under because 60 seems like a lot. I'm going to go over the 60 because these are two we'll teams. We'll just that... see if a blind squirrel can just be right. So, under 60 for you. I like it. All right. Both of us like Arkansas State. Let's uh, let's do it. What are they now? The Red Wolves? Like is a strong word. <laughs> Unbelievable. Let's see. Playoff time. The Cotton Bowl Classic. 3 p.m. ESPN Arlington, Texas. Saturday, December 29th. Clemson and Notre Dame. Clemson 13 and 0 on the year, 7 and 6 against the spread, 2 and 2 against the spread in their last four. Notre Dame 12 and 0, 6 and 5 or 6 5 and 1 against the spread. Uh and then 2 1 and 1 against the spread in their last four. Opening line was Clemson minus 10 and a half. That has ballooned out to 13 and a half. Uh Notre Dame uh the point total was 55 and a half. It jumped down to 55. So, I don't know why that would go down if the Clemson line is going up, but either way. Uh, Notre Dame played, like, well all year, 
and and yet their numbers are incredibly pedestrian. Like they they are third in the country in defensive passing yards per attempt. But Clemson's like twenty eighth. Like they're I mean they're right there. Clemson is number one in defensive rushing yards per attempt. Notre Dame's thirty four. Like the teams on defense look kind of the same. They're good, right? So Clemson is number one in the country, defensive yards per play. Notre Dame's number twelve. The difference here is offense. And Clemson's numbers are just insane. Clemson's seven point four five yards per play. That's good for third in the country. They average forty five point four points per game. That is good for fifth in the country. Notre Dame six point one six yards per play, thirty ninth in the country, and then points per game, thirty three point eight, that's thirty fourth. I like both of them are are plus in the uh, turnover margin. Both have top twenty five strength of schedules as far as Massey is concerned. Like I, I'll tell you this: the metrics have Clemson minus ten point three, and a total of fifty six. There are way too many people on Clemson right now. I'm gonna go Notre Dame plus thirteen and a half. Because I think they've got the type of team that could give Clemson fits. I don't think that Clemson has seen a team like this. Other than back in like September when they played Syracuse, which Notre Dame beat the crap out of, and maybe A&M? Both those games, Clemson barely won. Yeah. And I I think that Notre Dame Those are the only two times that Clemson was challenged all year, and they got out by the hair of the chinny-chin-chin. I like Notre Dame plus 13 and a half here. I like Notre Dame plus 13 and a half, and I will have a substantial amount of money that matters to me on the money line. I think this is our first big upset. I think Notre Dame goes in here, and I think they win this game. Notre Dame is a good team, and they got crapped on because they weren't beating people by 60. They weren't beating high school teams by 60, and Clemson beefed up their chest. They got all chesty on Louisville. And, and just garbage football teams that's brought into the ACC over and over and over again. And because Notre Dame was beating people by 7, 14, whatever, it, it just wasn't as impressive. Notre Dame is every bit as good of a team as Clemson is. Every bit as good of a team as they are. I think I could agree with that. And I think Notre Dame is going to get the win. I think they're going to win the game. What, uh, what do you think about the point total, over or under 55? I, I'm going to go under. I think both these teams play decent defense. I don't think Clemson's hanging 40 on anybody in this game. Well, no, I, I don't think – but they don't have to hang 40. See, that's what I'm – But I, 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 21-24 like, ball game. I could see a 35-31 to 31 that's game. That's fine. It might go over. I don't yeah. have a strong feeling on that. Okay. If I have to pick it, I'm going to pick the under. The, the number I like is I like Notre Dame, and I'm going to wait until it's closer to the game time to bet the side and to bet the money line because it's just getting bigger. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be over 14. Yeah. I would imagine. And that's uh yeah, the more you do that, the the higher that money line grows. I've made a lot of money betting against Clemson this year because these numbers, while even when they beat the hell out of people, they're not covering all these massive numbers. No, you're you're right. They're about really that. not. You're right. All right, back to Alabama. Let's see. Last game of the night, Saturday, December 29th, the Orange Bowl, seven PM ESPN in Miami, Florida. Ooh, boy, we like to party in Miami. In Miami. Uh, Alabama 13-0, 8-5 against the spread, 2-2 two two against the spread in the last four. Oklahoma 12-1, 5-7-1 against the spread, 1-2-1 one, one in their last four. The opening line was Alabama minus 14 with a point total of 79.5. The current line is Alabama minus 14. And that the, the spread, not spread, the total has jumped to 80.5. Does that surprise you at all? That's a lot. That's a lot of points. I mean, it wouldn't surprise half. me. I don't have a feeling either way on the over-under. I'm going to go under because that's an insane amount of points, but it wouldn't shock me if this is – I mean, they broke 100. It, it will not surprise me at all. So, Hollywood Brown for Oklahoma is questionable. Tua is questionable. I think they're both going to be back for this game because it's, you got a month. It's a high ankle sprain. The the new thing that they are doing, which I actually had a conversation with a couple of doctors last night, like high ankle sprains used to be a four to six week deal. 
You remember that? Okay. Now it's like two to three weeks at most. Well, yeah, medical advancements like are pretty good. Embryonic cell. Re- so it's they explained all of it to me, and they were like, look, you can heal like that. Like, it's super fast now. So I don't think Tua or Marquise Brown is, is going to have a four problem. Four to six weeks and three to four weeks are not – not a whole lot. But uh, we're talking we're talking two to three weeks compared to four to six weeks, and two is already back in practice. Like he's, well, yeah, you up. could practice like, with an ankle sprain. It's just oh, yeah. painful. Oh yeah, you so can play with it. And so it's it, I, I think I think both of them will be fine. Uh, Alabama is every bit Oklahoma's equal as far as offense goes. The only difference in this game is that Oklahoma is terrible on defense. Uh, Oklahoma number 96 in the country at points per game defensively, 32.4. Number 97 in the country in defensive yards per play, 6.02. Alabama's number 6 in defensive yards per play, 4.46. And number 4 in points per game, uh, 14.8. But as far as points per game, Oklahoma's number 1, Alabama's number 2. Yards per play, Oklahoma's number 1, Alabama's number 2. You know, like I, I think... I don't like giving up points when it's 14 in a gigantic game like this. But I do like Alabama here. The metrics have Alabama minus 15.84 and a total of 86 in this one. I think I'm probably going to go Alabama minus 14. And I just, I cannot, 80 and a half just seems absurd. I'm going to go under the 80 and a half. Even though the the metrics say that it should be over that, how you feel? I'm gonna go Oklahoma just plus all the points. I think this could be who gets the ball last. It's possible. Alabama's defense is really good. You know what Alabama's defense is not great at the secondary, and against these SEC offenses that run the football and throw it when they open the run up, Alabama's great at stopping that. But now I'll tell but, you this, but. Oklahoma's going to do exactly what Bama does, which is you know why you can't intercept the ball and you know why you can't sack the quarterback ever is because they snap the ball and in less than a half a second the ball's out of the quarterback's hands. Alabama is plus eight in turnover margin. Oklahoma minus two. Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm just throwing that out That's there because fine. Kyler's got, you know, seven. So Kyler That's Murray's fine. biggest obstacle this year was really Texas Tech. They confused him early. And got him to throw a couple of picks that he normally wouldn't throw. It didn't feel like. Um, I am curious what Murray does against defensive speed that he has not seen this year. Their speed is on the linebacking core and the line. If he throws the football the way he threw the football against Texas and all these other schools where he's hitting shotgun and literally catches the ball, bootlegs left or bootlegs right, and then makes a throw, then you don't have time to hit him. You don't have time to let that speed do anything. Now, I'm not saying Oklahoma's going to win the game because I don't think they're going to stop them at all. But I absolutely could see this last team with the ball wins. Well, if that's the case, you can't beat them by 14 unless you get a pick six or a punt return or something like that return. Yeah. So Um, You like over or under 80 and a half? I'm going to go under just off of principle. Of principle? I don't have any feelings for it whatsoever, but 80 is a lot of points. 80 is a lot of points. I mean, I've just watched football for a long time. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, but I'm I'm not going to bet it. But if i got to pick it, then that's it. I, I can understand it. All right, that is going to wrap up our, uh, our first bowl preview. That is December 26th through the 29th. Or I guess this would be the third bowl preview, right? God bless America. I don't keep up. We keep spacing these things out. It's uh, So December 26th through the 29th, uh, we will be back with December 31st and January 1st. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 226 9899, and we may toss it on the show. 
Thank you for supporting this show. And until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.